I'm India. I'm Gwen. And this is Another, Another Girls, Girls Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Happy um, not Halloween week, Thanksgiving week. Happy week of giving thanks. Um, on a scale of one to ten, where would you say your energy level is right now? <laughs> It just picked back up, but I was like, I think it was at like a four, maybe a three and a half earlier. Mm, okay. What about you? Um, I'm at a don't even ask me about it level. Well, I hate to say it, but you're the one who asked me about it. So. Mm, yeah, no, but I'm like depicting to our friends here. Don't ask her I'm about at. it. Yeah, I'm just... I'm just letting the folks know. Um, this will be the first episode taped with the help. Well, taped with the help of our new producer and editor, Anthony. Do you want to say his Instagram handle? I forget the whole thing. He'll put it. He'll put it. He'll put it. And we're going to put it in our description. Right here. I'm so sorry, Anthony. Um... But this is the first episode taped with his help, and he did some of the editing on last week's episode, so if your experience has been better, which a lot of people hit me up about the last episode, they're like, that was my favorite one yet. I think that is all due to Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Second thing. Right here. uh, I noticed that we use a lot of filler words. I am going to... Try to do a better job. I'm going to keep a running tally on each episode moving forward of how many times I say the word like. And then once I get it to like 20 an episode, we are going to have a pizza party. Mm, I don't think pizza is a big enough incentive for me at my big old age. But... um. I love that journey for you. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to try my best and see where see where it takes me because all we can do is our best. All we can do is our best. And then finally, I had the realization that I have to ask you all for a five-star review that you're not just going to go do that of your own accord. Uh, so please give us a five-star review. We need them to boost our ratings in the algorithm of Spotify. Okay, now into our topic, Thanksgiving, um, boundary setting, dealing with your lovely family members. And colonialism. Yeah, we always have to throw in something. Always have to throw in something. First question, Miss Gwen. Do you feel like mac and cheese is a side dish or a main dish? And don't give the answer that you think you're supposed to give. Give the answer that you truly feel in your heart of all hearts. It's a side dish. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because I'm eating it on the side of you're vegetarian, so maybe that's why your perspective is skewed on this subject. No, I don't. I'm just asking you. Uh, I didn't. Say, I didn't give my answer. I yet. know. I know. I know. But, because I'm eating it on the side of a piece of turkey, like, the turkey is the main dish, not 
the mac and cheese, even though it's great. So is creamy casserole. That's great. But I'm here for the turkey. I heard turkey be dry, but that's none of my business because I don't eat it. But as far as is mac and cheese a side dish or a main dish, it's definitely a side dish for sure. Um, and I don't even need to eat meat to know that. But yeah, that turkey be dry. Who is telling you that? Who is arguing for it to be a main dish? No, people. I heard white people think it's a main dish. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Look it up on the internet. Okay, I'm going to do my research. Yeah. And then they had this whole little movie thing. You know those movies that they have where, like, they're trying to, like, educate white people about racism? There's that... It's like the (laughs) hate you give or something. And there was a whole scene in that movie that was, like, popular where the black people were teaching the white people that... (laughs) The macaroni and cheese is not a mean dish. Yeah. Yeah, so I was no. like, oh, okay, like, I would have never thought anything of it, but that movie, and then literally one time, my job, like, the team that I was on had, like, a little, like, Thanksgiving pot potluck in the office, and there was, like, seven of us, and one of the things I brought was mac and cheese, and the partner was like, oh... I saw this movie and they were arguing about she was white and she's like yeah they were arguing about macaroni and cheese being a side dish or a main dish like what do you think like it really hit the hearts of white people they like were intrigued like it was a learning lesson or something so yeah what did she think well, she learned from the movie that it's a side dish. She knew better not to say that she thought it was a main dish. Well, she said, I learned from the movie that it's a side dish. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know how I was born with the natural ability to sense what is a side and what is a main, but I've, I'm going to like keep an ear out. For that now, for white people calling macaroni and cheese a main dish. Did you ask me that question because I'm white? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But also think about restaurants, like how they have macaroni and cheese, like lobster macaroni and cheese as entrees. Think about it. Mm -hmm. If you put lobster in it, I am more inclined to call it a main because they're... Mm. Is a source of protein in it? Mm-mm. Not for me. What about... Sorry, this is not on the topic of Thanksgiving foods anymore. But, okay. You don't eat meat. I'll still ask you. Macaroni and cheese, and then they put brisket or, like, some barbecue on top. Would you consider that? I still think it's a side dish. That's a main to me. That's a main to me. If it's just macaroni and cheese itself, that's a side. But if you're, like... Adding a meat to it, then I think you can consider it an entree. Because what's the difference between, like, if we're breaking it down, what's the difference between that and getting Alfredo Mm, and chicken or shrimp, you know? I don't know. I'm going to ask my family, you ask your family. We'll get back to you. We'll We'll put it on the Instagram at another girl's podcast. Reconvene. Oh, yeah. To get the real answer. Okay. All right, we'll see. All right, so moving into our topic, you want to yeah. go around the first one? Want to start start us off on it? 
So we are talking about boundaries today when we spend time with our families. And I am not using my I statements here. When I spend time with my family, I find that the way that they live is different than the way that I live. And in order to maintain my comfort in their home and their environment, I have to use some boundaries. Uh, One of the big ones that I use when I go home are boundaries around food. The way that I eat is very different than the way my family eats. I eat a pretty clean diet. I don't really eat processed foods. I'm pretty mindful of staying balanced in what I eat. I try to get in four servings of vegetables a day. It's not always easy doing that with the things I find in my family's fridge and pantry when I go home. So with that being said, how is it for you, India? I know you're vegetarian. Is your family also vegetarian or do you have to have special accommodations made when you go home to eat? Accommodations. (laughs) That's funny. Um, no, I would say like my, so I'm the only vegetarian in my family. I think like my brother and a couple of my cousins have like flirted with the idea of vegetarianism and veganism and have done it for like maybe short periods of time. But I'm the only like consistent tried and true vegetarian. And as a result, I would say I am, my mom is accommodating. I don't, when I go home, I'm not staying with my mom. I see my mom, but I don't stay with her. So I'm already on my own as far as finding stuff. Um, The people that I live with do like have stuff in the refrigerator, like eggs, like basic food that I'm able to consume, but I'm on my own anyway. Now, if I'm going to my mom's, my mom always accommodates me uh, from a vegetarian perspective. So I would say I'm pretty lucky in that regard. My family is aware of the way that I like to eat, and they do make accommodations for me. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, so it's bigger than just my family. Like, this year, I'll be with my mom, and we're going to her boyfriend's mom's house, so there will be a bunch of people who aren't my own family who are there. And so I'm not rude. Like, if it's in front of me, I'm going to eat it, and I'm not going to ask you what's in it. And, like, I will honor you and your cooking and eat whatever you made for the day and have no problem with it. So for me, that's like a flexible boundary. But if I was vegetarian or gluten-free, obviously I would be bringing my own thing that I can eat to the meal. Something that I find difficult, and this is a boundary that I don't necessarily know how to navigate, but with my lifestyle and my diet being pretty different than those of the people around me when I visit home. I 
hear a lot of comments from my family about my body and my appearance that make me uncomfortable about either the way that I look, my thinness, or it would be somebody putting themselves down, comparing themselves to me. It makes me really uncomfortable. And I think something that I could do is say, that makes me uncomfortable when you say that, but I just brush it off and pretend like it's not happening. Do you ever experience that with people that you grew up with? I know some people have parents who project onto them like, oh, you shouldn't have a second plate because they are struggling with their own food insecurity issues. But it sounds like a lot of people have an issue of my family always has something to say about the way that I look. I think, yes, it's not too bad for my immediate family, but my extended family, which you see on things, well, which I see on Thanksgiving, will make comments about my weight. I had one family member's fiance tell me that he thought that I was pregnant before um but it was just that I gained weight he literally said it like that and what did you say nothing like I I and then I had people say oh you look nice you're getting thick or anything oh you have a butt now where did that come from or whatever comments that people make and I realized that my whole life's part of my identity within my family was being small so when people make these types of comments like oh my god, you're getting big, it kind of almost feels like, I don't know, like a stripping of your identity. Mm, Yeah. And I, the last time that someone made a comment about my weight, I was like, I have body dysmorphia at times. And your comment is not useful to how I feel about myself. And they were responded saying they wish that they could see me in the light that they see me in a positive light and that I look good. But your words are not signaling that. And I'm not receiving it in those ways. So, and again, I think a lot of people go through this thing of family members commenting on how much you weigh or don't weigh. And I don't know if there is a way to, I guess the way to set the boundary would be up front because no one comes thinking, oh, we're eventually going to have a conversation. You're going to comment on my weight. Yeah. So I, I think starting 
off the interaction, which feels Ooh. like it's doing too much. A proactive, please don't comment on how I, please don't perceive me. Yeah. A proactive one yeah, of those. Yeah, because what other way could we do it? Because then it's like, by the time we get around to it, it's too late. You've already said what you said, whether it was like to harm me or not. And I don't think anyone in my family is trying to harm me, but you've already said it. And I already want to jump out the window because it's already been said. So why not just set the boundary? That's valid. That's valid. I think my tactic would be, and I mean, I get what you mean. Like you've already said it. And for me, it bothers me because why do you feel the need to say it? I'm not so much internalizing it and feeling body dysmorphic as a result of a comment. It's just a, why did you feel the need to say that? Like, is that really what you see me as is just like this human shell. You don't want to talk about any ideas that I have in my head. You just want to make a comment on how I look like that's crazy to me. But for me, with that being my outlook on it, I don't mind. And after it's already been said and done, it makes me really uncomfortable when you say things like that. I would prefer that we don't acknowledge each other's appearance when we're talking to each other. I feel like that is how I would handle it. The only world where I would do the proactive, please don't comment on how I look, is if I know that I look drastically different. I would just be like, yeah, I know, haha. It's so funny that... I am twice the size that I was last time you saw me. It's already acknowledged, so you don't need to do it. I don't know, but even that is, like, so self-minimizing. I really don't know what a good way to handle um, people making comments on how you look. Well, I don't think you have to say, I know that I gained 20 pounds. I think you can say hey, it is triggering when people make comments on the way that I look or the way that I appear. I know you haven't seen me in a while, so let's not... I'm just letting you know that I'm not open to that discussion. Um, And that's that. I don't think you have to self-minimize to set boundaries. That's true. No, I think you're right. It's just a pretty radical idea to get ahead of that before it happens. For me, I have such good relationships with my family to where I wouldn't be scared or feel as though my family would be mad at me or not talk to me for the rest of the night they'd be like ha 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 okay psycho ass and then they'd laugh yeah and i wouldn't care about them laughing at it ha ha they'd be like this bitch is fucking psycho is there ever a time where you like it is there ever a time where you welcome the body comments at a family gathering Mm. 
Yeah. One. I guess if it's like comments that like, oh, my booty looks nice or something. Yeah. I, for my cousin's birthday party this summer, we all were Barbies. We went to the Barbie movie and a family friend was like, you look amazing. Keep up with that yoga. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, I really like it when people are like, oh, I can see your muscles. I mm, like things like that positive. you tangibly worked on. Yes. Not just like, oh, you're thin. Or it looks like you've gained weight since the last time I've seen you. The I can see your muscles. You look really strong, I think is one that I welcome. Or I will always 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 let you tell me i'm pretty always never not welcome but if you just want to tell me i'm skinny and small like fuck off i don't know i think for me i'm inclined to say that i will always let you tell me i'm pretty but i feel like I've wrapped too much of my identity around the fact that I'm pretty. And we can give me another compliment that is more thoughtful. I see you learned how to do your eyebrows. Your hair is healthy. Like one of the things that I have been working on the past year is healthy hair. So telling me, oh, your hair looks healthy. I can tell you've been doing a certain routine or even if it's a specific attribute versus like you are so pretty but oh your eyes look really nice in the light uh, or that pink lipstick looks good on you mm. specific things versus oh you're so gorgeous you're so beautiful it doesn't bother me i wouldn't be mad or set a boundary over that at all but I would appreciate it for people to notice the little things when they can, when they can. But this is not just my family. This is just a... In general, yeah. The conversation has now spun out to compliments in general (laughs) discussion. And I'll end it here. But one that I've never really liked getting is, unless it's really interesting makeup that is kind of out there when somebody's like oh I like your makeup so you think I'm ugly underneath it so you think I wouldn't look this good if I didn't have it on like I'm sure that's not what they mean at all but that's what I hear when somebody tells me that they like my makeup and it looks like how it does right now like I'm just regular girl going about the world I'm just a girl yeah so you think I'd be a hideous thumb if I didn't have it on? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <clears throat> I've never had that feeling, but I also don't wear makeup a lot. I realized when I was unpacking a bag from somewhere I went two or three weeks ago at this point that my makeup was in there and I was thinking, wow, I really have not put... You really don't wear makeup. Yeah. yeah. I, I do if it's like a going out 
and not even going out to bar because it's a 50 50 chance if i'm even gonna do that but going out club type thing is when i will put the makeup on or if it's like a special dinner something in those lines is where i'll be like all right let me let me put the lashes on Ardell 700. Maybe I'll wear it for y'all next time because Ardell 700 is where it's at. Don't play with it. It's nice and like light. It looks like you got your lashes done. You know where the girls get the little lash extensions, but not the thick ones that look like spiders that's about to jump off of your face. It's elegant. Very nice. I can attest. I've seen her and then she looks beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Another big thing when we go home for the holidays is time boundaries. How long am I staying with my family? Mm, do I have to stay Wednesday through Sunday? Is it rude if I go and see friends while I'm there? If I have a significant other, are we going to our own family's things? Are we going together? How long do I have to stay at dinner? These are all big things that come up this time of the year for everybody. Do you have any tips on boundaries? I did do some research, but I feel like you're just like a smart girl. So you have things off the top of your head without even having to research boundaries. Um, in relation to time specifically? In relation to time spent, okay, let's pretend that we're together and I have my family's Thanksgiving and you have your family's Thanksgiving and we both want to be at our family's Thanksgivings, but we also want to be with each other. What are we doing? And where the ADHD really hit. So my brain was somewhere else. So basically... We're both home. We are live in the same town, or we go together. We no, you and me, we go together. Okay, 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 okay. And we're you're saying, from Philly. I'm from Michigan. Okay, and we're saying, what do we do? What do we do? We want to be together, but we also want to be with our families. Okay, so I think it depends on if one or both of your families also celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. I feel like Kwanzaa is fake and they just say Kwanzaa exists. I don't know not one person in this world that celebrate Kwanzaa. They say it's a black holiday too. Right, and I don't know none of... No. But, I mean, maybe it is somewhere in... I don't know. I think they just made it so that they can say that they gave black folks something. But... We should just is that an episode? That. We should do... Yeah. Because yeah. I hmm, kind of want to know now. But... If you're one or both of your families also celebrate one of those December falling holidays, I think it makes most sense to say, well, which one is the priority for you and your family, Gwen? Like, is Christmas the bigger holiday for your family or is Thanksgiving the bigger holiday? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I think my family cares more about Christmas than they do Thanksgiving. What is it for you? So that works out really well girlfriend and all because Thanksgiving is the more important one for me and my family so we could spend Thanksgiving in Philly but and what if it wasn't that easy what if <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> we're fighting now um, <laughs> um, 
what if what if both of our families really cared about Thanksgiving? You just go your way, I go my way, and it's, I see you when I see you. I think it depends on how serious the relationship is because you have priorities, right? And it's like, is the relationship serious enough for me to prioritize you? And if so, then we'll trade off every year. And we'll still do, say we both families, Thanksgiving's more important. Okay, we'll do Thanksgiving at yours or mine first. We can flip a coin. And then we would still do Christmas at the opposite person's family. Then the next year, we would do it the opposite way around. If you are serious enough about me, like you had, you told me you want me to be your wife. You asked my friends, you know, does she really like me? da 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 we're serious, we're committed, then you have to make decisions for your relationship first and make that compromise. Yeah. So that's how I would do it. I think that that is also how I would go about it. As far as if you are a single person and you are headed home for the holidays and it causes you stress to be around your family, uh... I feel that a little bit. I love my family, and I know that they're probably listening to this, but it's just uncomfortable to get out of your world and go and revisit where you were before you were an adult. So I did some research as far as how to set boundaries with your family, and I can share with you what I found helpful if you would like to hear it. Um, yeah, I might interject here and there with my own Go ahead. sprinkle, sprinkle, but... Go ahead. So, what I learned, and this is so crazy, is that you're in charge of your own schedule. Basically, at the root of all boundaries is feeling empowered to say no to things that you don't like or that you're not comfortable with. So... If you don't want to be at your family's house for six hours, you can say right when you get there, so glad to be here, I've got to leave at six. And you don't need to lie and make an excuse of where you're going to go. Just say, I've got to go at six. If there is a family member who, going back to an earlier conversation, has a history of saying things that make you uncomfortable, whether that's about your appearance or opposing political viewpoints or comments about where you're at in your career or relationship, you can decide beforehand, what will I tolerate as far as that type of experience? And when that person crosses the line, if they do, you can leave the situation you can leave the home that you're in and you don't have to make a big deal out of it you can just say i've had enough for today see you tomorrow or i'll see you next year whatever the case is you can just go this is me giving permission to anybody listening to this podcast if you're at a family gathering and you're over it or somebody says something that bothers you you can just leave If you are going home for the holidays and you have a family member who maybe has an addiction issue and has some type of history 
of putting you in an unsafe situation and you think that that is something that could arise when you visit again and you don't have enough money to go and get yourself a hotel room or you don't have friends in the area to stay with, don't go home. Don't put yourself in an environment where people don't value your time and they don't make you feel appreciated for making the effort to be there. And especially if you're opening up an opportunity to put yourself in an unsafe situation, don't go home unless you have the resources and the mental capacity to get out of that situation. And then the last thing that I kind of learned is if you're a guest in somebody else's home, not so much like close family where it's, oh, I'm going to my grandparents. I see them every year. I'm really close with them. But if I am India's girlfriend and I'm going home with her and it's my first time meeting her family and her family says something that I wouldn't tolerate for my own family or if they're trying to have me eat something that I don't... Well, no. I mean, if you don't drink, don't let somebody push alcohol onto you. If you don't eat meat, don't let somebody push meat onto you. But your tolerance for things that you don't like kind of has to be a little bit higher because you're a guest in somebody else's home and you need to honor if if you go home with somebody and their dad wants is you wants you to clean the gutters out and help shingle the roof like go and do that if you love the person that you're there with because you just kind of have to humor people's families. That is a little bit too much. I'm going to humor you within my own. Oh, any man that comes home with me, my family is like having him do manual labor. So I think that is what you have to do if you come home with me. Um, and I would think, I would look at you different. as somebody's partner. If a man came home with me and my family was having you do manual labor. And you were like, I don't know about that. I would probably pass on you because of that. I would. I probably would too, but then at the same time, how would you feel if you went home with his family and they had you in the kitchen? You would be okay with that? I would be thrilled. I would be whipping it up. If I loved this person, I would be so happy to do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've done it, and I would still do it. I was just getting your your thoughts on it. No, if I love the person and there's something being asked of me, so happy to do it. Okay. Yeah. But what if they ask you to clean the gutters? Fuck it. You're doing it? I'll do it. I'm not. I'll do it. I'm a good sport. I'm a really good sport. I'm not. Like, here's the thing. You can ask me to do things that are within my skill set. My skill set for <laughs> me personally is I will help chop. I cook stuff. I could clean the gutters. I, I mean, I can't really shake. I mean, maybe I could shingle the roof. I watch a YouTube video. I don't know. I won't be doing that. I could say, is there something else that I could do while you do that? Or could I help you find somebody online for that? If I'm not physically able to do it, like, that's a different story. But if I'm physically able... To get on a roof? I've done it before. 
I, I, mm, here's the thing. That's dangerous. Now you put me in danger. We got insurance for this because now I'm incensing to go on to the roof. It's just a lot. And like, I love me more than I love anyone. And that's just what it is. And that's what it's always going to be. Well, <laughs> that's, and like, again, I will help even if it's picking weeds in the in the grass it's so not that's that I your do, boundary but yeah that's what i'm saying for me i'm setting the boundaries for me so and it sounds like you have maybe a little bit of a different, different boundary ones. yeah and that's okay and that is really the thing with family and holidays and life in general is everybody has different boundaries and different levels but before you go into a space where you know you have the potential to have your comfort challenged, consider what may arise in these situations and consider your boundaries around them so that when these things come up, you're not reacting from a place of, in this moment, this is how I feel. It's, I've thought, I've considered the possibilities. This is how I know I want to move forward. So that the way you are moving through this life is informed and you don't regret any of the time you spend on this planet. Mm. (laughs) Do you not agree? I think that, yes, I can consider in my head how would I feel when I go into this environment that I'm being welcomed in. But at the end of the day... I think you look crazy asking me as your guest to clean the gutter <laughs> and shingle the roof. You look crazy. Did you think that you invited okay, that was a, a slave that was an extreme, over to the house? That was an extreme example. I know. And I'm telling you, in the extreme example, I'm saying no. And that's your boundary. <laughs> and I'm not going to regret it. I'm not going to regret it. Y'all can hate me. Y'all can kiss my black ass for all I care. Y'all can hate me because it's me versus me. Well, I'll let my family know that you won't be doing manual labor when you come home with me. Okay, I'll do the dishes though and I'll clean and I'll cook. Yeah. Yeah. As far as avoiding unwanted questions on your personal life, like, do you have a boyfriend? When are you having kids? How are you doing in school? Did you get that new job that you wanted? I don't... I sometimes don't want to answer any of those questions because guess what? It's all going bad. And I don't feel like I need to tell you that. I don't feel like I need to tell you when things are going bad. So how do you get out of those conversations? I think you answer very short. When you don't want to talk about something, you just answer short. Or you just say good. I think you lie. You just say good. Oh, it's cool. I think you make up a really complex lie. But I also think it depends on how you're feeling that day for me like i know you're saying oh being intentional all that that's all cool and fine and dandy but one day you might ask me something and i might be like oh it's okay another day you might ask me and we might really be getting into it because i might be like oh i'm ready to have this conversation today i don't know what made today today but today i'm gonna have the conversation and you might not like my answer but let's have it 
Yeah. If it's like, <laughs> if you already don't know what's going on in my life, it's because we're not close and you don't need to know. So, like, if I'm at a family gathering with people that I see, never, and you're asking me questions about my life, I'm probably bored. So, I'm gonna make some shit up just to entertain myself. Mm. Yeah. See, I'm I'm really close with my family, even if I don't talk to all of them every day. So even if they don't know about a specific thing, I still feel like we are close enough for me to actually have a real conversa- conversation with them. And I think for me, part of it is especially with people that I know are going to disagree. I've been reclaiming my throat chakra because I have been told by spiritual people that I had closed it off because I speak the truth and people react negatively to it since I was a kid. And I've reopened it. And if you don't, I'm in this era of my life where I'm saying what I feel and what I know to be my truth and I will say it even if I know it may not be what you like and in that case it's not for me it's not that I feel as though you're entitled to knowing my life and it's not even that I will tell you everything but I'll tell you what I feel comfortable telling you and if it starts a disagreement debate let's get into it yeah I'm over it so Yeah, everybody's in a different stage of their life. I'm in my say-what-I-want phase. I I don't even think about what phase or era I'm in. I'm literally just waking up every day, and whatever comes out of my mouth, I'll deal with the consequences later. Especially with this podcast. <laughs> I don't think I've said anything crazy, but, like, I just don't think about what I say until it becomes a problem. It doesn't become a problem often. So, do you think that people should celebrate Thanksgiving? Um, yeah, so I think we have to be for real about where Thanksgiving came from. Because I know in school, I was taught, I I went to school in the beautiful U.S. of A. And I was taught that Thanksgiving was a result of Native Americans and pilgrims coming together and sharing a feast once the Native Americans decided to allow the pilgrims to 
to come and they that's had not what happened and then they had corn and and that's that's not what happened no Mm-mm. it wasn't all hand holding and kumbaya what really happened india what happened was the pilgrims came over they gave the native americans diseases smallpox all types of things that they never experienced before because leave it to dirty ass european white people to bring over some nasty shit then they gave them all these diseases was killing them shooting them with weapons they never had all this stuff and then the guy from the one tribe it's like Wempeyong or something like that he was like all right let's call a truce here because uh, we can't take no more we half dead like come on like come on pilgrims we just go on call a truce. Okay. That's what they talking about is Thanksgiving. So we're having murder dinner every year? We're having murder dinner every year, but I think we, in acknowledging our history, are able to still celebrate and be thankful for what we each have and be grateful to the i don't know be grateful for whatever you want to be grateful for it's a it's a holiday of gratitude but we can't be swipe the sweep the history under the rug because it's an important part of of our honestly existence the fact that we are on this land because people were killed and resettled and i mean it it continues to happen to this day with indigenous people and i think we just need to acknowledge that not sweeping under the rug but we can still use the time to be gracious it's a day with very dark roots that I don't think most people will really take the time to think about or reflect on unless they see somebody's infographic posted on Instagram. But I do kind of fuck with Thanksgiving in the way that it is this government-mandated time to appreciate your family and loved ones. Thank you for this two days off. I would like 20 more spread throughout the year, but I will take this. I'm not going to like push it away and say I want to work today because people had to die. No, I would like to have my nice dinner with the people that I care about. I think that Thanksgiving has become more so a day for people to start to bring in the spirit of closing out the year, reflecting, appreciating, and you can't be mad at that. You can't be mad at mass gratitude. I think even around this time of the year, as people start to reflect and think the world for the things that they have and count their blessings... You feel the shift in energy of 
Oh my god, I sound so woo-woo. I'm so sorry, but you feel a shift in energy in the world of more love and happiness and peace around the holidays. People are looking forward to Christmas, and of course there are like warm, happy memories that go along with the holidays in the U.S., but I think that this kickoff to the season being a holiday that is rooted in appreciation and gratitude really does a lot to lift the spirits up until Christmas. Yeah, it's a it's a gross holiday. It's a gross start and it's become Black Friday and Cyber Monday turn into these ways to turn a beautiful time with family into a consumer dollar grab. But I think as far as like the intention and the idea behind today's Thanksgiving, I am really on board with it. I don't think we need to get rid of the holiday either. I just think we need to be honest about its origins and how we've turned it around as a time to have off, spend time with our families, and give thanks. Do you think that teaching the history of the real Thanksgiving would make a difference? Yeah, in schools, yeah. I think teaching the real history of anything in schools would make a big difference because they don't teach the real history of anything. They teach the watered-down, palatable, can-process-the-atrocities version of whatever nasty, terrible thing has happened in history. So I think teaching the real version of anything is valuable. But you can't process what these things mean when you're in sixth seventh grade I think it's not until you're in your high school years I don't know kids these days are woke and they have the internet so it might be different but at least for me I wouldn't have been able to process these thoughts or ideas until I was probably in high school and so I think saving these lessons for a point in time when the development of the child's brain can understand how horrific the roots of something was is also a factor to consider and the did you understand that slavery was horrific when you learned about it in elementary school yes yes but not i i knew that it was bad and i knew that white people we're owning black people, but I can't understand the way that it impacts things even to this day. Because when you're a kid, you learn about slavery. You're, okay, well, the slaves were emancipated, civil rights, blah, blah, blah. You don't think like, oh, and this is how this thing 
feeds into what I'm doing right now. Like, I think you can teach a watered-down version of it and add complexities and link the issue to a larger structural issue as a child gets older, if that makes sense. Like, a progressive teaching of how things came to be instead of just, like, well, here's one historical factor. Here's one thing that happened in a in a way that isn't, like, going to give children nightmares. Yeah, so you're saying you have to build on it yeah. as time goes. Yeah. And I think that's how, that's how we do math, right? We start with 1 plus 1 equals 2, then it's 1 times 1 equals 1, and then it's ge- geometry and trigonometry and then calculus and I think that's what I would expect from a history perspective as well you learn more and more of the truth but I think the basis should always be at least a watered down version of the truth and I don't think we even get that because if I was to explain Thanksgiving if I had one of my little cousins ask me, oh, well, how did Thanksgiving get started? I would say to them, well, the people who were originally on the land, Native Americans, uh, there were white people who came from a whole other continent in Europe and were doing things to make them sick, and a lot of them lost their lives. So to stop that, the Native American chief went to the leader of those white people and ask them to stop. And that's why we have this holiday. Yeah. So we could tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like we could tell the truth where there's a very, and we can get into a whole other conversation at a later date about history and how it's taught and the impacts, things like that. But it is very intentional. That is not taught that way. It's not so that the kids don't get nightmares and that that's not what you were insinuating, but it's not to protect them or to make sure their feelings don't get hurt. It's intentional. We're not, it's never going to be taught for a reason. Um, So that's my two pieces on that. And I think not understanding the origins of the impacts that that has even on the people, like if there is a Native American person or a black person, Asian person, there's all types of persecutions for people of color, of being in a classroom and not really being taught the history of what happened to your people impacts you as well. Yeah, it definitely does. I... Uh, I almost don't want to bring it up because I listened to it so long ago, but there's a podcast put out by NPR that I really enjoy. It's called This American Life, and they had an episode, I guess, that I don't remember what city it's in, but they had, like, this full-scale reproduction of what a ship that slaves were brought over would be like. And it was, like, a field trip that it was a primarily black area. People would go on this field trip growing up. And 
if I remember correctly, it was taken as a positive because it was fucking horrible to be on that slave ship and like see what things were going on. But I think that the takeaway was, I'm so glad that my history isn't being minimized here. I'm so glad that like, I am, and I don't think it was like a live reenactment. I think it was like wax figures and mannequins just so you have that context. (laughs) But people were grateful to see not like the whitewashed version of history, but the real what actually happened. I think this is definitely another episode, but it's almost that concept of do we really need another slave movie because then we get into the idea of okay yes we should teach slavery as it happened and that's point blank period however do i need to constantly only see when i see black casts and black people in movies they are always a slave true no I should see black people doing other things in this world. But they should I be in really rom coms. Like they should be in That yeah. could be a whole episode. Yeah, that Another could be a whole slave episode. Movie. Like, yeah. yeah. Um that's that's but well, I can't well, think of a single yeah. rom com with a black lead woman in it. Can you? Not unless it's like a black only movie. Yeah. And even then I can't necessarily it is still, we can really have conversations on these movies because the movies that are for black people only have, are, are problematic um, yeah. in a lot of ways. And it's just feeding a certain narrative and not allowing for the expansiveness of what it means to be a black or brown person but we'll let's put that on the list yeah, for sure we'll put that on yeah the little listy list that means we get to have a sleepover and watch movies yeah that's research um, okay wow well i would like to end this by recapping our own thanksgiving memories um we'll keep it brief but do you want to share your best and worst thanksgiving um best thanksgiving i believe my mom well i actually am sure now that i'm it's coming back to me my mom was hosting and all my cousins came my cousin that at the time lived in atlanta came and um there was babies that I got to hold. So many things that made it such a fun and wholesome time. And then the next day or like maybe two days after was my mom's birthday. So then my cousins came over again, brought a cake. And my mom was really happy to spend that time with it was like a girl's cousin's thing with me and then my mom too. So that was just a really fun Thanksgiving year. Worst Thanksgiving memory was definitely, I don't know how many years ago it was at this point, maybe five Thanksgivings ago. My grandfather died like a week before Thanksgiving and 
we were really close with my grandfather. He raised some of my cousins with my grandma and my family didn't have a joint Thanksgiving plan, my extended family. And I love Thanksgiving and I love my family so much. And it really hurt me that they weren't doing a joint big Thanksgiving, especially in a time where we experienced such a great loss. Um, that was definitely the worst Thanksgiving for me is when I didn't feel like I had my big family. My favorite Thanksgivings growing up, I have a small family and it's a pretty divided family. Like my mom's side does not talk to my dad's side. My parents aren't together and I'm an only child. So I always pretty much spend Thanksgiving with my mom and I like it when we go to the casino. My mom doesn't really like to cook, and I didn't until recently, so we would go do, like, a casino buffet. And when I was under the age of 18, I thought it was so sick because it just is fun to do anything that you're underage to do. Um, so casino buffet Thanksgivings, my favorite. I would do it every year if given the opportunity. Worst Thanksgiving was we went to Thanksgiving at a friend's house and my mom got really drunk and she got kicked out of Thanksgiving and I had to drive us home without a driver's license. That was my worst one. How old were you? Well, I didn't get my driver's license <laughs> until I was 23. I have terrible car anxiety. But I think I was, like, 17. So I, I, I was at an age where I should have had a driver's license. I just didn't because I hate cars. But I was traumatized from the driving. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well... Prayers that you have a good Thanksgiving. I'm going to have year. a good Thanksgiving. And I did not know about the casino Thanksgiving. I'm about to look that up. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it's good. Major slay. Maybe next year. Major slay. All right. Thank you for listening to our Thanksgiving episode. It really took everything in my heart, soul, mind, and body to get us here. But now that we've done it, I feel good. Next week, we're talking about porn. Porns. Porns, porns, porns. Porn. This week, we talked about corn. And next week, we talk about porn. I don't know if I love or hate the corniness of the joke. (laughs) We can let you all decide. Um, Follow us. Rate us. Review us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mom about us. Tell everybody at Thanksgiving dinner about this podcast. Um, Tell your baby mom. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Anthony on Instagram. Book Anthony. Book us to... Be live do nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Sit there and be pretty. Yeah. We just like opportunities. Yeah. I don't care. Come again next week. Bye. Bye.